0: Welcome to Games, Booze, and the Art of Playing and Slaying. I'm Josh Koopman. With me, as always, is Ty Tepfer and Troy Weiss. Thanks for listening to us on the BOD Network. For more, check us out at basementofdeath.com or follow us on Twitter at basementofdeath. And if you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This is episode 39, Coming up in the show, we discuss the latest games we've been playing. We'll cover some hobby and purchase updates from the group. And we're creeping into convention season, so we thought it would be a good time to cover the four P's of an excellent convention event. We hope you enjoy it. And we have a big announcement at the end of the show, so stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Anvil 8 Games you're looking for a really fun multiplayer card game check out frontline no comrades by anvil 8 their first release ethereum is a bod favorite and their newest release frontline no comrades has become a regular in our rotation it's a screw your neighbor game where you play a russian soldier trying to push your comrades into the line of fire to save your own skin awesome fun plus the soviet style artwork is excellent to pick up ethereum or frontline no comrades head to anvil-8.com that's a-n-v-i-l-e-i-g-h-t.com our theme music is by fadeback for upcoming shows or to check out some of their songs head to fadeback.org hit it boys <laughs> Hey gang, welcome to the show. We've got uh, Tyson Tepfer sitting second chair. Cash me outside, how about that? Nice. Troy Weiss sitting third chair.
1: Is this the end?
0: Or the beginning? I don't know. We'll find out. And myself, Josh Koobman. How's it going, guys? What's up, Josh? You know, we're just uh, playing and, and slaying. You know, like we do. Drinking. Drinking. Yeah. Speaking of drinking, what do you what do you got there,
2: Tyson? Oh, I've got a chocolate beer. Yeah? Oh yeah. Say it. It is a stone brewing Zocovesa.
0: Vesa. That's the pepper beer?
2: It's their winter chocolate, vanilla, bean, pepper, stout, delicious, coffee, porter,
1: dark. It's I think good. it's just referred to as chocolate beer. Chocolate beer. The chocolate beer. Yep. Chocolate pepper beer. Chocolate beer. Troy Weiss, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking the alternative um, house cocktail, and maybe you know what it is more than I do.
0: Yeah. So, I failed and did not get the uh, Van Gogh. Wait, blueberry
2: acai, vodka. Wait. We don't. We don't fail. I forgot. Nobody in the basement of Death Fails. You were a smashing success at introducing Troy to a new drink. Think about it that way. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Alternative facts of <laughs> what are we drinking.
0: That's good. Alt facts. This is yeah. going to be in our alt facts episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's vodka. It's uh, Bacardi Limon. And it is uh, Monster Zero. The white monster. monster.
1: Sounds pretty good. It's tasty. The limone definitely yeah. kicks it up a notch.
0: You just a splash of limon, it gives you a little uh little zest.
2: Yeah. A little gasolina?
0: I've got the same thing. Um, but I'm also splashing a little Diet Mountain Dew in there. You live dangerously. Because yeah. I live dangerously. Yep.
2: Dangerous. <laughs> That's why I like you though, Josh. Cuz I'm
0: dangerous.
2: That's right. Ice man.
0: So what have we been playing recently, gentlemen?
2: Dude, um, the other the other night we got together with John, John Weiss, mm-hmm. and um, I finally had gotten my Kickstarter. I think I talked about <laughs> how. How I hadn't gotten the last for, Kickstarter, yeah, the very last copy. They put a personalized note in my box that said, "Seriously, you dick, you are the last person we have to ship this to. Get your life together. <laughs> you better get your, get your, your life." life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I brought the others over and we uh, we played that. Three heroes, one sins player. I spanked you guys. Yeah, it was hard. It's a very yeah. hard game. Hard, hard for the the faith.
1: yeah right yeah but i I had a lot of fun i thought this thing over game thing whatever um i thought it actually it exceeded my expectations because originally i did not back it because as i watched the playthroughs and whatever it kind of seemed like oh well it kind of maybe has some zombie side type rules to it um but you have the overlord but it was more it seemed like more maybe of a grind to like hey let's just get through the the objectives we need to do to finish the mission yeah, there was some, it seemed like there were some things, but nothing that grabbed me when I watched the video and the, but playing it, uh, there was a lot of depth here in terms of how do you coordinate? How do you, do you split up because you split up too far, then you give the overlord too much of an advantage, but you need to stretch out, you know, stretch out early. Probably. I think that was our mistake as we kind of stayed tight early cause we didn't know quite what to expect. Um, And uh, and I had a lot of fun. I mean, it was the characters are all play a little different. The heroes were cool. I I think it's really
2: cool with the characters. They have the specific class type. They have that brawler, that shooter, that leader, Mm -hmm. um, and the fixer. Yep. And they each have their own specialties and their ability to influence the the board and what they can do. Um, The other thing I really liked about it was the economy of action. So classic action point allowance where you get a move and an action and you get so many per turn and the sins player gets the reaction tokens where they have to choose when to act so there's that whole economy of when do i choose to activate versus passing and allowing the the other players i I really like that how that played off one another
1: yeah it was good and i mean you you beat us up pretty good but again it would be interesting i'm really excited to kind of get this back to the table. Um, to get to get because I think we learned a lot by about the mid game. We were a little bit behind the eight ball, but I felt then we kind of understood. Oh yeah. Here, the what we had to do. And we started to put a little more, a little more pressure on you in terms mm-hmm. of I think you as the overlord, right? Sin, <laughs> um, the sins player, the sins player, right there. Um, to, to like, should I take that reaction or not? Right. So as the, as the, what are we faith as the faith players, we like we could do actions that would kind of force you like oh you know i can't let them do that without responding but if you did respond then you could that might be your last action because then we'd be like oh great we made it make your last action now we're kind of home free to do our last couple of things so um i think it was a case where we learned a lot and i think it would be interesting to play again um and see how much we do because i was i was having, by the end i was having i was always having fun but i actually had a Few, I felt really good turns towards Andrew. I'm like, okay, I can bounce across the board, get to this, get to that. Um, but by then, we were all kind of on our last legs and taking one more death, ended the game for us. So, but. yeah,
0: well, and it, I felt like the sins players, uh, you, me, and uh, Troy, John, and myself, the Josh, faith. yeah, the, yeah, I'm sorry, the faith players, um, were fairly green to the game, and I think Ty knew a little bit more than us, even though he hadn't played it yet. Um, he knew a little bit more than us, uh, you know, to try to combat what we were trying to do, and I think that gave him just a slight advantage, and I think it's, the game's already stacked a little bit against the the Faith players. Um,
2: I don't think it is, though. Yeah, we kind of yeah. talked about that, Yeah, and the more I've looked at it, the more... The more I think the, the key disadvantage you touched on is I was familiar with the rules. I'd read yeah. the book, you know, straight through once mm-hmm. and tried to teach you guys the game. Right, um, but it's it's a pressure game. Yeah, and if you get behind, either way, like if you guys were pressuring yeah. me out of the gates, it would have been a different story. I was pressuring you because I put the heat on a little bit. didn't sure. leave myself much in the background. I just went hard and heavy, and it's it's a game that rewards that pressure it doesn't there's no turtle strategy, yep. I think that's effective, right, so
1: and I think that was our mistake early. We were just cautious early because we didn't have a again even we knowing sure. the rules, it just you, until you see it play out, yeah you're always going we, we played a little bit cautious instead of playing aggressive, and I think if we would have played aggressive early, that would have tipped the tables, yeah, and mm-hmm. then you would have been on your heels most of the game trying to push us on the I I, thing so I, 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 again, I think there's a lot of more depth than maybe is obviously from the initial look through or play there and then and again and then i think talk the components are all really are awesome yeah. Again, yeah. the miniatures are i mean even every time cool right you put something out the miniatures are better like the miniatures are just super cool in this the board is pretty good i think initially it's a little bit abstract um because the buildings are abstract in terms of there but i didn't think that was too much of a detraction. i mean I, I like i think it makes sense for what the, yeah, the, it's the it's more is. to just
0: set up the zones, yep. you know, where you need to go and whatever. Yeah, and it, 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 so you were kind of talking about. Um, I, I think maybe a different scenario too might play a little differently than than the one that we had going. So um, I, I'd be interested to play again mm-hmm. and yep. play a different scenario and see how that plays out. Because yeah, it, it
1: now that you know what
0: to expect,
1: I'm I'm interested to play it again. Yep. and the different I mean because you have a, a bunch of different hero, or I call them heroes right different faith members right we mixed a couple of the squads the sons of I want to say sons of anarchy sons, but whatever sons they're Ragnarok. called Ragnarok whatever they're called yeah um, the Vikings the Vikings who are really from maybe some TV show um, <laughs> um, along with the normal the base the base set of, of faith whatever they're called operatives agents whatever it is mm-hmm. um, so but there, I think there, there's a million different options and combinations you can do there that could give you different advantages and and strategies to go after too so yeah yeah i mean i yeah again i was i'm really happy that i was worried we'd play this i'm like okay it's just yet another one of these miniature games but it it definitely has we should know better right eric lang right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean
2: there's some teeth there Yeah, yeah yeah um definitely i'm happy i was worried about that kickstarter and then even after i screwed up on the <laughs> the shipping i was <laughs> setting myself up for a disappointing experience and it was a lot of fun it's a good game I'm, I'm excited to get it to the table again which is always nice when you kind of validate that purchase because you put 300 dollars into these <laughs> kickstarters and you're like please be good Yep. uh troy what else um have
1: you been doing any after work gaming um, now we're kind of a little. We've been we're caught up on time stories, so we're a little bit on a hiatus, and we're gonna maybe pr- break out another legacy game, whether that's gonna be pandemic uh, legacy or just do some afterward gaming. So we'll see. So yeah, we're, Seafall. Let's see fall. See <laughs> fall. Maybe no, no, maybe not. Um, but I did uh, one of the uh, kind of a friend of a friend. Um, actually was doing a big... He was dumping a bunch of games on... He had a big auction on Board Game Week and was dumping a bunch of games. And so I, some reason, had to get in on that and grabbed a few things. One of those things being uh, Vault Wars, which mm-hmm. I played, which is the John Gilmore game from probably 2015?
2: I think Something so, right? Something like I, that. I, yeah. Yeah. Sounds if about right. I picked right. it up. I got my Kickstarter Deluxe Edition at Gen Con year Marlon had his kids two years, or two years ago yeah
1: yeah I think it's 2015 so we mm-hmm. broke that um I hadn't you guys have played I hadn't played it um because I was I, had, I didn't have a whole lot of awareness of it um until you guys had played it when, when I think Ty you have it um but we played John and Ashton and I played it um and it was it was a lot of fun I mean it was um you know it's a card game um uh, bidding basically the idea is it's storage wars right yeah right in a fantasy um, kind of genre, so that worked out. That's pretty good.
2: Yeah, and what what's really cool about the game too is there's that set collection and there's that theme. Um, the way the bidding plays out, you're all working on your own angle. Um, and, and I think the more player count, the higher player count. I think it plays five, three mm-hmm. to five. Yep. Uh, with five, it's really interesting because there's more people angling for the the vault. vaults. Yep. Um, mm-hmm and resolving how that works and seeing when people make the move with all their gold versus hang on to it yeah. and wait um it, it's a cool it's a cool bluffing bidding um game and it's a theme that i enjoy
1: yeah and i just like that there's so many you know each vault has this kind of like there's a base set but then each vault has its own rules that change things up a little bit oh i yeah. can only look at a couple of things that are in here, or maybe we can look at all of them, but we can switch. We're going to switch four of them out or something like that. So I think that was interesting to play. Um, the one, I mean, I think we you do five volts a piece, five rounds um, is what we played. And it was interesting is it felt like, is that it, it played well, but it feels like maybe you could even shorten that, you know, do three to four volts or something like that. To, I'm not sure if that would mess too much up with it. Um, Cause but even then it played pretty fast. No, did,
2: did you get the metal coins? Did you get your hands no. on it?
1: Although I station? almost swapped them. I mean, I have a set of metal coins that are just sitting there to use with any other game. Mm-hmm. And I almost brought them out because I'm like, Oh, this feels like we should be using metal <laughs> coins with this. And it's very simple, right? It's just 10 fives and we just need one. So what yeah. I have would, would work there. But yeah, I'd, I'd pick some up that.
2: I... Yeah. John, John Gilmore, another great game. I'm, I'm really excited for wasteland express. Mm-hmm. His, his new one. When that, when that drops, um, I have that pre-ordered. So Yeah, he, uh, he's done some good work recently. Um, excited to to see what's next from him um well you were playing vault wars i was playing age of sigmar no i don't know if it was at the same time or not but uh tom tom and i got our tournament lists um for Adepticon to the table uh the other night and played one of the general's handbook uh, mm-hmm. match play games um and and saw what our armies could really do. He's played his Iron Jaws a few times. I've never played my Beast Claw Raiders, or I have in smaller, like a thousand point games. Um I'm I'm fe- after that game I'm feeling really good uh about my Beast Claw Raiders, at least in in that one right. of six um battles. We yeah. did the three places of power. And my my list is five heroes that make up Ninety percent of my points, and then a bunch of frost sabers that I can use as as chaff units. So it was it was really fun. Uh, Tom did not have as much fun. Um, he's retooled his list after it, but
1: but his list is not a slouch. Well, no, no, yeah.
2: it's it's not. And and I really wish he could play it against some other lists to see yeah. that it's it's mean and it's hard and it's it's durable against my. My specific list in the rock paper scissors yeah. that you sometimes get in those those meta breaking yeah. lists, it it doesn't hold up as well. But um, I think against a lot of the field he'll he'll do really well. Yeah. He's got a solid tuned list ready to go. Well, yeah. and then uh, in the in the text group that I've talked about <laughs> before, he
0: sent uh, an updated list today, and I, I looked through it, and yeah, it looks pretty. Uh, he's he's tweaking it a little bit yeah. to kind of not combat your list specifically but to be a more competitive with you know more That's hero so based action. lists and then also you know stay true to what he was trying to do yeah. so yeah
2: yeah and um I walked in and he was hobbying because he had to go to GW to buy some more brutes to <laughs> add to his units so um, it, it's it's cool just how the the tournament meta kind of evolves your list and I
1: still might make some changes too so yeah I gotta get my sylvanist to kind of finish them up. They're close to being playable, but I, there's a few things I need to put in so that I can have a 2,000 point list to be a punching bag for you guys. But <laughs> but again, I think the Sylvanith are pretty solid coming out. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I I kind of have a pretty basic list, but they're, they they kind of have a lot of tricks up their sleeve. And again, they are more the hero. Dep- I, what I'm running is a couple of big big tree lords and stuff like that so it's it's kind of fun it'll be fun just to again give you guys a little bit of different flavor because i think yeah, you're yeah, going to see look. sylvaneth mm-hmm. um from what i could see like i know lvo i think sylvaneth was in the final L- LVO, or is the top sylvaneth four is
2: in the top uh wapaka a local yeah. wisconsin tournament that has a good turnout from midwest mm-hmm. a lot of the guys mm-hmm. that run adepticon and and the age of sigma there at least were there um and Sylvaneth plays pretty well. A destruction list similar to mine, but with Moon Moon Clan G- Grats instead of Frost Sabers. as the chafe ended up winning Wapaka. So it kind of vindicated my my
1: choice. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we won't. We could keep talking about ages Yeah, now, I mean, we'll...
2: we could do a spinoff show. Yep.
1: You know, because <laughs> there's already Age uh, General Handbook. Two previews yeah, coming yeah. out. So. Tomb King Anything. Compendium points,
2: yeah. Fire Slayers points, a lot of changes. GW is so involved; it's yeah. it's awesome. Play Age of Sigmar. Indeed. Um, another cool cool game that I got in recently. Um, got together with uh, this Dan. Um, he's a, a listener. I found out. Hey Dan, um, how's it going? So uh, Brian Nero from Anvilate sent me a sent me an email just saying, "Hey, there's a guy in your area that's looking for uh, games of Ethereum." Mind if I send him your info? I think he listens to the show, too. And I was like, awesome. Let's yeah. Let's set this up. So got together with Dan, and uh, he, had, um, he had the uh, House of Karu collective, and I was playing with The Mask and Tov mm-hmm. and those guys from um, one of the base game collectives and got together and played one of the, one of the um, scenarios out of the book. Had a really, really fun time. Um, cool guy does a, it does a lot with uh, d company mm-hmm. here locally the 40k group so um had a good game of ethereum he he beat me pretty soundly um made me want to play a little bit more <laughs> ethereum though because uh, it had been a while so um and i know they they just teased what i want to talk about briefly too is anvilate just teased the new uh collective mm-hmm. um res res x mm-hmm. it's kind of a steampunkish look to it Um, it was just a picture of some of the guys like a illustration and the the teaser on their facebook page um so i know i know brian and the guys are are busy playtesting that and work working on that hopefully they've got some cool stuff at at adopticon i don't know what's coming um but it'd be it'd be really cool to see some of the prototype stuff at adopticon awesome um, man, I'm dominating the plan. I'm doing yeah, all the plan. You're, you're the
1: you're the one playing. Yeah.
2: Well, it's my life, you know. Play more games, like Indeed. Will Whedon tells me to at the end of every yeah. tailtop episode. Well, it's good. I mean, you gotta play games. Yeah, I follow his directions. Um, the uh the other weekend, um, Nicole and I with with their son Landon, we played my first ride. It's the Ticket to Ride for kids. Um, it's kind of Ticket to Ride light. Ticket to Ride's already a lighter game, but this you just you can place trains or draw cards you complete your ticket Um, there's no blocking so you can the two ways and the paths are all shorter and there's fewer um, trains needed but it's it's a it's a cool and it's the first to six so there's no victory point scoring it's the first to complete six Six tickets wins wins the game Um, but it was a lot of fun Um, definitely cool playing a board game you know with with a kid he's Mm -hmm. you know um teaching teaching the game and kind of how how it works he won twice nice so, go figure
1: yeah yeah john had it was funny cuz john just we were talking about that this weekend cuz he hasn't he was playing it with his kids um and sydney his daughter beat him also so there, <laughs> there's again like and it's funny it's just like normal <clears throat> ticket to ride a lot of the luck is what tickets you draw and so that's how anybody has a chance so again if you if you already if you already built the the routes, and then you draw. Happen to draw those cards? Right. That's you know, if all of a sudden you, because again, Sydney went from three to six just by drawing cards, and she had already built the routes because there were ones she got there. So I think it's, but again, and what I've heard again, John said it was uh, a good. I mean, solid kids game, but it has enough depth that if you're an adult, you can you know play it and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and some, you know.
2: yeah, it's still enjoyable. It's it's Ticket to Ride at its core, yep.
0: which, which is you know it's a solid game. Everybody likes a, a little Ticket to Ride action.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um other than that, just um still playing a lot of World of Warcraft, but recently, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> am, am I, am I, did I sneak that in? Did I slip that in the conversation? Yikes. yikes. Sorry. Level 34 warlock. Um little D&D yeah, action. Yeah, recently. Last week mm-hmm. we got together and rolled 20 mm-hmm. with our Seattle uh, collective, Matt and Elena, mm-hmm. and then um I think I I got extra dark for you guys. It was awesome. Extra. I, I cranked up the gothic, horror, scary, cult, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. weird ritual factor a little bit. Freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, I had your character have some, yep. some nightmares and visions. Yeah. and Messed with Matt's character's ability to mm-hmm. cast a spell that should have a set outcome. And I, I played with that a little bit. It was... It's fun it messing good. with you guys.
1: It was good, and again, it was. I, we always talk about right how we kind of go back and forth. We're kind of kind of combat heavy, but we'll have whole sessions that are very kind of story theme, just plot based. And and again, that's kind of the fun is we can we can go back and we have fun both ways, right? It's, yeah, I think it says something about the group and the DM. I think Todd, you do a great job of you know making it intriguing, even though we're not maybe slashing and killing monsters all the time because that's not the story is really the core that's the fun part.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm loving building the narrative and the the world and building up to that point where you know some major factions in the world are aligning in a way that's going to put you mm-hmm. guys at the center of this huge pivotal event mm-hmm. and conflict and and that's a lot of fun.
0: So So um we've got a Couple, uh, well, one one major uh, convention coming up here, and far with that, close. far too close, far <laughs> too close, <laughs> no and, kidding. And with that, there's uh, probably some hobby action going on,
2: or maybe lack thereof right now. <laughs> there, should there, should you know, yeah, yeah, there should be more. There should be more hobby action. There should be more. There should be more hobby. Man, it is.
1: Thank God, we still have five weeks at least six weeks something let's pretend it's six
2: yeah we'll call it six um is it that short yeah oh god so Yeech. so i just ordered the last four models that i need <laughs> for, my, <laughs> for my tournament list um well because they so this is kind of a funny story i go in the gw um two weeks ago i'm getting ready to make my order i i order my second ice Pro hunter that i need And then I'm like, I'm going to go order four more frost sabers to round out the frost saber packs that I need. And I see the dreaded out of stock uh, (gasps) Uh because they don't, frost sabers don't, they're not carried in store. They're web only. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I go to Heath. I said, man, when did this happen? He's like, I don't know. Nobody orders frost sabers here. I'm like, what? (laughs) So uh, I do the email me when they become available. And I bought something else. I bought another Thunder Tusk in case I need to change yeah. my list around and um, swap out some stuff if I can't run. They do that on purpose. So uh, yeah, Monday, I got the email back in stock, right. and I said yes. So today, actually, I ordered the four Frost Sabers I need for my my tournament list, and then cool. I. I've been working on some basing and other stuff. I bought some cork and I'm gonna do some cool snow kind of snow plateau um bases. So my models are already big. The the Stonehorn and Thunder Tusk are these big mammoth looking models. And I'm building them up a little bit with some cork so they're gonna be okay. significantly taller than um than they are already. Right. And cool. uh, doing some angles with the frost saber so it looks like they're stalking over these rocky fields and having some fun.
1: Yeah. We may have to do some serious, uh, peer pressure, peer support to help us get through the hobby over the next six weeks. Yeah. Cause I mean, if I, if I'm not ready, I, what do I do? Uh, it, it's not about not being ready. It's just how much sleep do you get that week before? That's <laughs> and, really, that's really how, where it ends how up. How comfortable am I with half my
2: models? Just having a base. Cover, right. It, a it's, it's
1: all and... about the, yeah, the, the kind of level of completeness. Like there's no doubt you'll have it done it's Mm -hmm. just the level of done and how satisfaction and and but you really don't want to because you don't want to be i don't like at least like feeling that rushed going into the thing and you want to actually have a little bit of rest going on because adepticon is freaking draining as hell yeah you know it, it it's gonna it sucks the life out especially you guys your schedule the game where you guys are playing tournaments it's just mentally draining i mean it's
2: three three days of tournament play Friday yeah, team tournament all day Saturday GT all day Sunday day two GT
1: Bananos. Are you yep. doing
2: Vanguard Josh? Did you man up? I I built a list. I bought everything for my
0: list. It's I don't know if you see the blisters and and various things. Uh, it, it's gonna all have to be assembled and painted and no, dude. Let's do a beard bet. A beard? What?
2: A beard bet? Okay. What does that mean? You get ready for Vanguard. Mm-hmm. If you are ready with your Vanguard army, 1,000 points, by Adepticon. Mm-hmm. I'll shave my beard. You don't have a beard. <laughs> I have a beard. Or, technically, <laughs> I mean, uh, today he has a beard. I guess yeah. technically today yeah. he has a beard. It might go, uh, let's Because I always have the goatee. Uh-huh. So you get it done, I shave. Uh-huh. I get mine done and you don't get yours done, uh-huh. you shave your beard. Oh, boy. You shave your head. No, beard. He'll oh, do okay. it. Yeah, right, I'll, I'll do both. Beard. Beard. <laughs> Let's, uh, you want to do a right. beard bet? All right. It would be great for you. Let's do this. You got this. And oh you, boy. Just, you just have to get your thousand points. We yeah. shook on it. Thousand you just have to easy. get your thousand points done and I clean shave. I, mean, I, I have to depend old. on you not getting it done and me getting it done. There's two contingencies for, for you shaving, only one for me. Yeah. This is golden. It happened. We shook hands, Troy. Witnessed we, did. Yep. It. Yeah, yep. we did. We did. We got it right hands. here. It's um, Weird, bad. Bam. We, hobby
1: progress. I'm going
0: to cut this out of the. Uh, no, no, we, we
2: have it on video right yep. here. On Troy my phone. recorded. We didn't record. This is the best hobby progress ever. Yep. What else,
1: uh, Troy? Have you been doing <laughs> for hobbies? Um, what I should have been doing for hobbies. Um, we're going to touch about what I, what I did for hobbies and what I should have been doing a little later. But what? So right now I have um i think i have a 12 by 6 table in the bod prime um that has the new space hulk um purging of Mm -hmm. Scara three uh scenario set up on it it's freaking massive um i'm always worried it's too big because you can't even reach to the middle um it'll be like (laughs) if you're only if you're above like six feet you'll be able to play if you're shorter you just won't you only have to plan edge or something like that. I feel space. like I'm being distributive. You should have like put you, a place in the middle where somebody could go under the under table the t- right, like leave a like hole or something. Out, yeah, and cut out. No, it's basically going to be in order to play the middle squad. You have to uh, you have to be over six feet so you can reach it. Or John is just going to have to play for you and take your things over there. So, um, but we have that. So I, again, I don't know why I'm masochistic and do this. Why? Because I have perfectly good scenarios that we could just reuse. Um, but I really enjoy the the fun of designing and kind of building and dude you're pushing and, the hobby and coming you're, just, to... you're pushing the hobby that's and I think and this the the, the real changes here too is we're kind of swapping it where this is a pure kind of GM run where um, we're gonna run the the Steelers as kind of a uh you know a game mastered which ends up kind of most of the time we've done that in the past where we've get, we get like four players and then we'll we'll run the Steelers or something else like that, but also basically running six Marine squads. So we're kind of going another third of Marines. Um, and this is, and this is actually also, we're going kind of old school, looking back at a lot of the stuff from like, we're I'm using stuff from the new gene Steeler cult, but looking back at the old gene Stealer expansion from the original space Hulk and doing, and doing a scenario there. Cause the idea is again, we're, this is death watch Marines coming in. Some hive is, <laughs> is, uh, is is infested with gene sealers. You're going to come in. You're going to purge it. Go through. So we'll have some hybrids. We'll have a, some guns. We're going to mess with a diff- couple different rules. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a a good thing. But I have a lot, a few, a few hybrids I need to assemble yet. Like maybe all of them, um, and, then, <laughs> and get some paint on some of those guys. And the, the good news is I don't. I'm using all the existing kind of pieces and just redoing it. There's only a few things we need to retouch there. So it's just the miniatures I need to work through that. But and I need to kind of go heads down and get that stuff figured out and get all the handouts figured out and the, the scenarios and working with Steve from ModCube again. To We're going to hand out get uh, some good prize support from him again to hand out ModCubes and things like that. So a lot of things that need to happen in the next six weeks, but as I'm standing here now, it doesn't feel terrible, but I know I'm actually going to schedule I, a few hobby days yeah. away from work probably. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna need time off to get hobby done, which yeah. is terrifying.
1: <laughs> but like but I said, so we'll, we'll need to support to, each to other. To be
2: fair, this is about the time frame that I started when I did a complete change and started painting an entirely new army last year for Adepticon. So the fact I'm thirty percent done
1: six weeks out instead of starting a new army, that's that's there a win, know. right? Yeah. Right. Total win. Yep. And then I also need to do a thousand point forty K army and a 400 point combat patrol but nah, figure that out you've
2: got that i think those are going to be necrons yeah you've got your filthy (laughs) dirty robots
1: yep actually i played that that's i did play that necron combat patrol list and i actually kind of like it and i'm bringing the uh the lich guard i'm just gonna bring it like it's gonna be like a combat patrol death star (laughs) are we
2: (laughs) and (laughs) have you guys been looking at any of the new stuff the Eldar, the, Odar, the pr- fracturing of Biltan.
1: Um I'm, I'm read. I'm still reading the original, the first one. And I've seen the second one. I'm excited. I mean, it's that story is really cool. I just love what they're doing. It's, I, it's,
2: I think what they're doing is preparing for an age of Sigmar. Like, well, it's going to be age of the emperor, a sundering
1: and end of yeah, days. I, it's weird. Mm, I don't know if it will be end of date. I think there's definitely going to be an eighth edition. I, I think what you're going to see is you're not going to see an age of Sigmar from a, like a, a, a universe fiction reboot mm-hmm. but you may see more of a rules like i think eighth edition is going to shift to a much more i think they may realize that there's a rule rules bloat right and mm-hmm. so i think they're going to simplify things or you're going to where you're going to see is just the age of sigmar the basic rules are going to simplify the complexity is going to exist in the units themselves and yeah. the, you know it's going to be more of a war scroll kind of or formation you know it basically they've already, they've already set the precedent right formations mm-hmm. and everything else is where you kind of create the differentiations and the, the different rules and the complexity for each of the units. But yeah. You have the base core kind of really rock solid so you can build on it. And that's, I think what you're going to see yeah. in eighth. So, but I love that they're moving the story. Ahead. They're not even moving ahead. Wow, they're just man, telling the, the a the
2: story. It was awesome. Yep. The triumvirate mm-hmm. that they did, um, of the, the Imperium. Then the, they did a triumvirate with the, the Eldar with the new, the new models They're They're really continuing mm-hmm. to just knock it out of the park. Yeah, GW is doing some awesome stuff, and, and I f- I feel like we've talked a lot about hobby, <laughs> and I don't need more hobby. But have you guys seen the um, the Inquisitor twenty eight and the AOS twenty eight stuff that's out there? Because Inquisitor was the GW game with yep. the bigger fifty two yep, millimeter, fifty four millimeter. millimeter. Yep. Well, some there's this kind of dark web of uh, GW doing Inc. twenty eight, where it's taking twenty eight millimeter. Um, 40k models and the Inquisitor rules. Mm, okay. And playing um, like Inquisitor yeah. with 28 yep. mil yep. models, which scaling it yep. down. And um, now some guys have started doing like the Dark Age of Sigmar, like uh, oh, okay. 20, AOS 28. <clears throat> um, yeah. And it, it looks really cool. Yeah.
1: There's and so, cool I mean, Twitter if you're not familiar around. with, I mean, Inquisitor was basically, it was a, you could almost call it an RPG. Basically, it was an RPG. <laughs> You could maybe draw a little bit of a correlation to like fourth edition D anD D, where it was very a miniatures heavy, miniatures strategic skirmish. skirmish. RPG, yeah. But what you were doing is you it was all you had a GM and you were telling a story. You, you built out the scenario with the miniatures, and they you know it was a lot of hobby involved because the idea was let's build this diorama or this scene with the miniatures, and then let's kind of play the role playing scenario with the tactical combat and all this stuff. So you can kind of see it in front of you. See it in front of you, right? Yeah. and yeah, and so it's kind of that mix. So it was, it was kind of cool. And those rules are. I mean, again, there's nothing that says you can't just. Those rules are still valid. Just mm-hmm. grab them off the shelf and, yeah. Again, the idea was they use a little bigger scale miniature, but there's nothing to say you can't do with the 28. And, and there's doing some that, so. awesome hobby
2: stuff out on like Twitter mm-hmm. and and Facebook, different places where people are doing these Inquisitor warbands and yeah. other stuff with 28 mil models from the
1: other Citadel range with heavy modification mm-hmm. and um yeah it would just scream to like <coughs> hey let's let's hobby and really that was the idea like let's like, just hobby this up make it really custom it should be your war band whatever makes sense for that story that little thing so yeah, that's really cool
2: um speaking of all the hobbying probably talk a little bit about what have we been buying
0: yeah what 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 some purchases is
2: going on purchasing is hobbying
0: yeah i mean it's 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 the precursor to hobbying right so
1: what do, you, what do you guys been buying lately um so as i talked about there was this auction on board game geek and <laughs> we'll blame mike halsey on this um because it was mike. his it was his it's i actually know brad uh, a little bit too through through work um and he was dumping a lot of his he has a massive collection he was dumping he was dumping over i think i don't know it was like 100 games which is a fraction of his collection, so it's kind of scary. Um, but I picked up uh, Defenders of the Realm. If you're not, so that's a co-op fantasy game in with uh, a lot of Larry Elmore art. Which really drew me to it, and I've heard really good things about it. And again, Mike Colsey also highly recommended it. And I went back and forth on this: should I really get it? Should I get? It? And I just in the end, I pulled the trigger on that. So I'm excited to kind of get that to the table and play, cool. even if it's going to be solo. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get it on play. <laughs> Very cool, because I got their base plus a bunch of ex- Brad had a bunch of expansions that he threw in for like okay. hundred bucks. So it, I probably it was probably two hundred. Plus dollars worth of, of game that I got for for that. So. Did,
2: did you guys see the uh, the Hole Con news Mm-mm. for next year? Larry Elmore, special guest. Oh, nice. They're bringing oh. him in all the all the so cool. all the existing guys that were there this year yeah. are back. In addition, I think Matt Leacock. I don't know if he was there before. I, I saw his name mm-hmm. floated around. I don't know if he'll actually be there or not? It was a rumor. I don't think he will. But Larry Elmore, the epic right. artist. We'll be at
1: CampbellCon yep. next cool. year. Cool. Excellent. Um, so then I decided to find out of the realms. I picked up Forbidden Desert, which is kind of the class. if you played um, Forbidden Island. Um, again, co op, kind of cool components. Really. I got that for Christmas. It's it's, I like that de- Desert is might. They both have a lot. They both have playability. Desert, actually, I think is a little more difficult, it has a little more stuff going on, but they're both they're fun. And then we talked about last, last uh, time Santorini. Yeah. And so I. After scouring the internet, um, I was able to pick it up. I think from uh, Cool Stuff Inc. had it for a pretty decent price because we couldn't find it on Amazon, couldn't find it at Major Market um, to get that. So I, I'm excited to play that.
2: Excellent. Awesome. I haven't bought anything. What? Well, other than my my hobbying because purchasing is mm. hobbying. Mm-hmm. I bought I think another it's that World of Warcraft.
1: Dust. See, so World of Dude, Warcraft is, is saving you money.
2: Yeah, and ruining my life. <laughs> When I get to Adepticon and my my army looks like trash, <laughs> I'm gonna blame my brother in
1: World of mm. Warcraft. <laughs> like you're gonna, have, you're gonna have to play somebody like like Tyler or somebody who has like a golden demon winning painted army. Yeah, and right. then with your like three coat, Man, you're half garbage. washed. Yeah, yep. Man, just so that's the motivation <laughs> right there. Just the it's The peer pressure. Your
2: army shouldn't look like shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll get it done. I I'm always a procrastinator. Eleventh hour. That's that's how I so I get through my work day. That's how I get through my hobby progress. So along with the buying,
1: gentlemen, uh, any kickstarting going on? Um, so I haven't um, backed a lot of stuff lately, but I did get after two and a half years. So remember back to like 2014 or. I think it was 2014. I was looking back on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: if you yeah, remember, there was... episode th- like 14. 14. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it was uh, Creature Caster. So that's, that was a Kickstarter. They do did some resin models. Um, a lot of fantasy um, stuff you could use for... I guess back in the day, you could have used it for um, Warhammer Fantasy. Now it would be Age of Sigmar stuff. Or I guess 40K. Um, they do have something like Lord of Change or something else. So finally got my warrior demon which is like a bloodthirster model for it that. looks like diablo it looks yeah, like like that so um and after two and a half years i kind of want to have i was just like just i just want this thing finally um and it wasn't there was a lot of people who were complaining there's a lot of hate going around again after people are waiting because i mean when you miss your date by years um you can do get I you just generate a little bit of negativity right um, and so, even I was a little skeptical. I'm like, "Well, is this? Am I going to get it and just turn around and sell it, or whatever else like that?" Um, so I got it um, and play. And, and even the shipping, like, again, they was like, "Well, shipping wasn't included, so you had to pay afterward for shipping." There was a lot of negative around that. In the end, I liked that the the uh, the Canadian dollar. It's in Canada, so the U.S. dollar was that. In the end, it ended up being that much it was like 15 bucks for shipping, which I didn't think was that bad um, because it was uh you know Canadian money. But I got him and <laughs> which, isn't uh, which isn't real money. So I got him and then I was actually very I'm like, it looked a little small in the box. Is this there? And I had to put him so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put them together. Because it kinda looked just the wings looked kinda cool. So I spent again time I should have probably been working on Space like I can last Saturday I'm like, I'm gonna build this thing. And Friday and Saturday I Put them together, and it's a pretty nice. I think I threw them up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's impressive. It's a, I would think it's a, it's a little soft. I mean, the detail isn't the resin is a little soft. I I compare it to like a Forge World or something, but they're really, they're really nice. And again, it's a hundred dollar model. Again, compared to a Forge World, compared to Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that's out there, I think it's right in the right range. And I think the now that they're selling it in retail, I believe what happened is the guy who did the Kickstarter kind of design he was a designer sculptor he was not a business guy had no idea about production that's how you miss by two years right he sold i believe the designs and the production to another company now who's actually going to productize it and build a company around it and sell that stuff so i think you can actually get them cheaper um that on the on the stuff out there so i I, I would look at it if you want it. I think it's interesting. I think they're worth they're they're priced well. They're they're worth what you want. And there are some alternatives to some of the GW stuff and whatever or else like that. But I would say again, I think that GW stuff is again a little now that's plastics and stuff like that, just a little sharper, a little crisper. But there's some pretty good. I am I'm kind of happy with 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 the Warrior Demon. He's pretty cool. He'll probably end up nice. getting painted and I'll have to like loan them to Josh to fight in some chaos army or something. So, Cause he'll need to see the table in some form. Very cool.
2: Um, yeah, I also haven't been backing much, but I got an update. Finally, I talked about it several episodes ago, the adventure hoodie. It's going to be my new tournament. Um, <laughs> I'm a little worried though. Uh, shipping notification just came out this week. Uh, well the, the update that there's been some delays and they're looking at four to six weeks to ship. So I'm, I'm hoping I get this before Adepticon because it was my plan to have my dice and everything in all these different pockets <laughs> and uh, wear my adventure hoodie for, for Adepticon. Yeah. Um, and the the kind I got, the limited, um, one of the designs is taking a little longer, the production, the stitching. So um, I really just I hope I have it before Adepticon. It was yeah. supposed to ship in January. They're a little delayed. But
0: the uh the one major kickstarter that i'm still backing the duchess the table right um i got a note uh 3 weeks ago or so um so the first 100 or so that were shipped out uh had some issues with the shipping like they 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 didn't have enough um packaging and some things are getting scuffed and some things are getting dinged and whatever. So they're going to try to like revamp their shipping, but they're already at like the max box size. Yeah. So it's, yeah, he's, he's trying to figure, figure out exactly what to do here. Um, tell him not to drop them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Tell you USPS to not throw them around, drop, kick them. Yeah.
2: Um, he had what? Like 5,000 backers. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. Why doesn't he go on tour and deliver them?
1: There you go. Just get in a big semi and go drive, drive across the country. Yeah. How long yeah. could that take? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so the I mean the the delivery date that I thought was going to be right around my birthday, which is end of February, Um, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to have this table for my birthday. I, I think it's probably going to be more like end of March or April time frame, which... Totally
2: fine. We're I mean, gonna have a we're gonna have a gaming day when that happens. Yeah, right. Like a day. I don't I don't care about family commitments or anything. It's right. gonna start at ten in the morning and it's gonna go till ten in the morning the next morning. We could we, we'll take like a day off of work. We'll do mm-hmm. it like during the work week. That would be yeah. awesome. Just as long as it happens. Yeah. Got a break in the table. Make sure dice roll well on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty excited
0: about it, and you know he, he's doing a lot of really good things like. You know, sending out the first hundred tables just to see. You know, he he capped it at that. Like he he's like, that I want to make sure, sure that up. these are going to go out well. Oh, they, people are having issues. He he sent out a note saying, if you had a problem, get get in touch with me. I really want to know. I want to fix this. I want to make it better. You know, he, like he's doing all these yeah, things. The like, yeah, he's he's trying to get feedback, and I I think he's doing a great job of making sure customers are happy, which I think is really cool. Yep. So.
1: Yeah, because if you're something like that, shipping, he probably actually has very little control right. over it until something goes wrong, and not, then he can put pressure on whoever the, the shipper, manufacturer, yeah, whoever, whoever whoever's is actually is, yeah. putting it together, right? Right. So,
0: right. Yeah, and it, it, he was like, you know, I thought I had enough uh, padding in there. Or I thought I had, we had enough um, you know, so it wasn't scraping around or mm-hmm. getting dinged or whatever. And he's like, I'm realizing that, you know, shipping is a little bit more rough than, than we thought. And, yeah, so... Yeah, I think it's a learning process for him a little bit. Um, you know, he's done this before, but not to this scale. So, yeah, um, really interested to see uh, that product when it finally gets here. So, yeah, in the next month or two, expect an update on on the Duchess.
2: Fantastic! Um, big Kickstarter drops March seventh. Big. <laughs> this could this could smash Simon's other record yep. setting kickstarters eric lang's uh, spiritual successor to blood rage rising sun the samurai shinobi style area control card drafting craziness the the production models look amazing, amazing. um i haven't seen gameplay videos yet but it's who cares? who cares yep <laughs> the minis look great. The box, Adrian Smith, I think yep. again, yep. I believe oh, Adrian nice. Smith again. Yep. Um, I think it is, uh, the Kickstarter launches March 7th. It's, it's going to be epic. Yep. And I'm, I'm yep. very I'm excited in. to give Eric Lang $300. Yeah, I'm in for another game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. I'm going to, I'm gonna mail Eric Lang $300 and then go into the Kickstarter. I don't know <laughs> <what>. <laughs> um, so, so definitely look
2: for that to launch. It's going to be a big, big deal. uh, you will see what they say for release um speculation is that the playtesting has been hot and heavy production's already started you're seeing some early prints so it might be further along than some prior kickstarters Mm -hmm. just because of the name and the brand Mm -hmm. and the company um so maybe fall of 17 well that's um,
1: i want you wonder if it may be similar to what like black plague even where you got at least the core game by christmas time and then you know the and then any expansions and add ons came in like a phase two yeah um so again total speculation but that feels like probably what would line up but
2: yeah it looks looks incredible um eric lang at this point could just put his name on a box of a game designed by somebody else, and I'd probably buy it. <laughs> I mean, I'll dump it in a box and mark it <laughs> yeah. guaranteed well, and I, I, I guess right, in a spare time.
1: I think what, what's, the, what's the instant buy on this, right, is that when you hear successor to Blood Rage, we all know what Blood Rage is. We know how good that was. You look at the artist, you know the designer, and we've seen pre miniatures of the the, the miniatures. This so. is
0: Ninjas, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, Samurai, like, yeah Samurai. Yeah, Samurai.
2: Yeah. Right. Awesome. Um, yeah I'm I'm really stoked. I can't wait day 1 to see that hit a million dollars. <laughs> like, it's just going to it's just going to be <laughs> The crazy. meter just goes a yeah, million. Uh, I think it's going to be crazy how much that that game makes. Um CMON, though, it's crazy the Kickstarter rush. Killing it. So, well, let's take a quick break and
0: uh we'll come back with the main topic. <laughs>
2: So as the basement of death, our gaming group has been to a number of gaming conventions. Um, we have run a number of gaming events at conventions, um, participated in a number of events, tournaments, different different games. Um, so I, I think what, what would make a uh, kind of a, a really great conversation piece for for us tonight. Is to talk about the the convention event itself and the components of what we look for, how we try to run our games, and and what the um, what the structure is of that. And it was it was kind of funny in our early talks about this topic. We came up with the four P's of <laughs> of a con event. Um, those being preparation, professionalism, the players, and the product itself. So. Um, I'll kick it off generally, you know, if you were to break gaming down into the three kind of obviously more than three areas, but <laughs> <laughs> broad categories of role-playing games, miniature gaming, and then card and board mm-hmm. games, like tabletop card and board games. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll start it off with.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's want to jump on, yeah. to that. Add on a little bit as I think, right. We all know conventions are a lot of fun, um, but I think you, some people you talk to, they're sometimes a little hesitant to play in event games. Like there are some people who go to cons and all they do is go shopping, and maybe they play with their small group. And I really think they're missing out. I think there's a lot of really fun experiences you can have by playing with other players, other gamers at these conventions. And but I think I can understand because I've been there too. Is you can be hesitant, like I, you know, I don't. There's stranger, stranger danger, right? And I, <laughs> what, what am I getting into? I'm committing. Uh, again my con time is a finite set of whether it's two days three days four days whatever it is the four hours i'm signing up for event i can't get that back i don't want to have a bad experience and really we just want to share our experiences and how we've over the years maybe found a few tips and tricks of how we kind of pick the events that we like to uh, join in and play at an event or sign up for and commit our time to and what we've found kind of works is where we've when we've had those experiences now we go back and, and use those so again that's what hopefully we can share hopefully we'll find it useful um because it i think playing events at a con really are you have there are many many stories that we have as a group where we've played in some of these events but some of these uh, gms and stuff and the stories last for years right because they, they create an experience that you can't get any other way
0: so. right and and nine times out of ten it's a super positive event right yeah the super positive experience i should say yep. and yeah, I mean, every once in a while you have this kind of eh, that was okay, yeah. you know. But, <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I take those yeah, learning good, experiences. Yeah, away, I think right?
1: again, if with with the right tips and tricks and approach, the good way always the bad, right? Like that, and again, and it's stuff that we've then used when we run events to how do we create events that we hope are and we think right I mean, from the field we get in our are fun for the people that play in our events too so absolutely
2: and i I think that's important if if you're out there and you're considering introducing a game you know hosting Mm -hmm. a game running a game um at a convention these these are some categories and and things you want to pay attention to so that you foster that experience for for the players so with that being said I think role playing. Yeah, we'll jump in RPGs, are a uh, mainstay of several conventions, um, and the idea being that you know the player count's going to be somewhere between three and eight. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, players, and uh, the game master, and the, the game master really is the one um, presenting the the entire event and doing all of the work to get it to the table, um, and you know really the preparation, uh, first of the four Ps. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes into uh, crafting the story, be it a pre-written module or your own creation. Um, setting up the the event for the players, you have to have that you know that knowledge and that understanding of what makes a good story, what what makes for player involvement, um, and, and giving your players some choice. Having enough structure in place to frame it into a two to four hour. Um, event because I think it's very easy to lose track mm-hmm. of time and not get to the end as the yeah. and that's a, a feature of a con event that's different than your home game or different than you know sitting down with your friends. You have that time block, and then people have other events. People have places to be, um, so that prep work and that play testing that that goes into presenting at a at a convention
0: while still being engaging. You know, yeah. you 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 want to hit your time
1: frame, but you still want to pull people in you want to still be there Uh, yeah and uh i mean i and i think for me i think rpgs are the biggest kind of um the biggest risk the biggest kind of you know i'm just gonna you're taking a little bit of a chance i mean you're going in because i feel like those are the most hit and miss like if i've ever had kind of bad event experiences at a con it's usually been an rpg um because it's just kind of gone off the rails And, and a lot of times sometimes it's not the the fault of the GM. Sometimes it's the players at the table, but again, you can see good GMs that can control the fact that maybe they have that that guy at the <laughs> at the table. Um, so we, I think we have a lot of experience where we've seen GMs that can handle that, and they and they still are able to handle the the player, the maybe disruptive player, but let everybody else still have fun and participate and things like that. So um, yeah, so I think the RPG, and that's why as, as we I, talk I, about yeah. here. Like, there's things you can look for. In an RPG event, that kind of help improve your chances of it being a successful event.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and part of it is that um, who is who's sponsoring the event? Is it is it um, Fantasy Flight doing one of their forty k mm-hmm. uh, role playing games? Well, did they lose that license now. Yes. Yeah, they lost that license. Yep. So scratch that. <laughs> rewind. Um, but for instance, is is Wizards involved in a Dungeons and Dragons play test? Is it um, you know, the Pathfinder Society being run mm. through Paizo that, that's doing uh, something where there's that, that brand and that company attached. You oftentimes have a little more structure in place. It's a established, um, you know, module or story being presented. <clears throat> and then there's the classic um, so-and-so at AOL.com. Running (laughs) their own event, (laughs) random guy got one event, which could be great. Could be great. Yeah, he could be a great GM. But when I think about red flags, if it's not a gaming group, it's not a game company. Mm -hmm. um, That sometimes can be where it's a guy that doesn't have regular group, and this is his chance to GM. Where it may not be the best experience. It, It could be awesome. You could have a gem, you know, a diamond in the rough of a game master. But that's usually what I look for—is who's who's running.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think you hit it. That's when right now I know when I look for an RPG. It's again I'll kind of look at the systems I'm interested in. I mean, we've had a lot of good luck with Outbreak Undead. Um, You know, we're we're big fans of doing those because again I think the zombie apocalypse kind of games really play well in a a a con kind of one shot deal. Um, And again, but we've kind of let gravitated towards. Going towards games that were sponsored by Hunters Inc., right, to do that. Or MAMS Gaming. We've had, I think, three years in a row that we've run with those guys. Um, I mean, Tito last year was awesome. Wish I could remember the guy from Tears Ago that we all ended up playing in that game. So, again, we look and see MAMS Gaming. Oh, look, they're running that event. Okay, we're going to try and get into that. We know that's going to be good. Those guys do a great job. Yeah. Um, and again, they I know I think they listen to the show and we followed back and forth on Twitter. So, we've created a relationship there over that. Um, I've heard good things about. I think it's MK Skulls as a, a group. They run a bunch of different things at a bunch of different cons. M- MU Skulls. MU yeah. Skulls. Sorry, yeah. MU Skulls. Um, really good things of them. So again, Game, you can game g- Base Seven. Um, g- yep. So, yeah, and, and it's those groups that become known
2: quantities mm. um, that, that you mm. can relate to.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's super hard to get into their games, though, because <laughs> a lot of people also know this information. Yeah, <laughs> so right. They come back, You like us, we come back year after year to, to the same kind of GMs that we know are good and, and we want to play in their games because it's just yeah. a blast.
2: Well, well, from the prep that the GM puts in and the, you know— um, We've we've kind of already started to talk about it, professionalism of of the presentation. You know, these groups have made a point of although it's amateur, nobody's getting paid to run events at a con in in this setting, there's that professionalism. They they show up, they're polished, they understand what they're running, they understand the story. Um, they may have that sponsorship, so they have that clear description, you know, like I always look for that. Um,
0: you know, having a uh, a nice laid out description of what the game is. I mean, even if it's, you know, even if it's a game you've played a hundred times, just kind of laying out the scenario or talking about the game a little bit in a, you know, in a very straightforward way, um, I that always speaks to me, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's the little things that shows that someone had enough. Paid enough attention to put enough effort in to at least put a good description into the event, right? It right. Just, it shows the level of commitment to the event, right? At, at any level, right? So absolutely,
2: yeah. And then um, what? What's kind of the great unknown of any con event, and uh, especially Troy, you kind of uh, touched on this: the the players that you make it at the mm-hmm. table. Um, it, it's there is no. Um, there's no greater collection of misfits than a role-playing game at a con <laughs> yeah. where nobody knows one another. And you can mitigate that a little bit. When like, when we'll buy three or four seats at a table for a game, you can mitigate that because we know how each other yep. play and we know what we bring to the table. Um, but sometimes the, the players in one of these games, um, they're the classic kind of... Uh, Socially un, unaware. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> communication skills may be a little lacking, but they're there to have fun too, and that's that's important. <clears throat> but that, that can definitely impact. Uh, Sometimes your one just goes rogue and you got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there have been times where we've sat down at the table, Troy and I specifically one time sat down and said, Well, one of us better take this character. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the most dynamic yeah. and yeah. able to totally mess yeah. with other people. So you kind of want to control the, yeah. the outcome a little bit so that it doesn't go off yeah. the rails. Let's not and totally yeah, haywire. keep
1: the, keep the loaded weapon in, uh, in good hands. That's always the, <laughs> yeah. the thing like that. But again, and I touched on a little bit, I, I, that's where you really also see the good GMs that can mm-hmm. dance those. It's really facilitation skills. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. We talked about how our day jobs, the skills we use and that can apply very heavily when you're a GM and a lot of the stuff we learned in the corporate world are really in terms of group dynamics and stuff like that. You can really, and you see good GMs do that same thing to to help control it. And and I would, again, the big mitigator that we use a lot is we'll buy multiple tickets at a, you know, we'll have four to five slots of an eight person, G, you know, RPG. Um, and when you do that, then you can actually, as the players, you can control the mood of the group a little bit. And again, and, I think we have a really good group. It's like, we'll then befriend you know the two other people, two or three other singles. Like, yeah, we're gonna pull them in. We're gonna get them excited about what we're doing. And 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 I think we've had some really good experiences with that, especially with some of the Mams guys, some of the Zombie, uh will break on Dead stuff we've had. I think people, I think people who have come along from the ride with our group have you know had some really good experiences. Yeah, and you build <laughs> like
2: some small friendships, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, fun. And, um, and, and then the fourth P product what's the system what's the game itself because that's so important don't sign up for something that you're not interested in right um if you don't want to be a a spy in world war ii you know (laughs) don't go for that theme if if you're familiar with the rule set and you enjoy it and or if you think something's cool go for it but understand that the game you know it's savage worlds understand what you're getting into when you play a savage worlds game Um, dungeons and dragons you know there's tons of adventure league pathfinder society tons tons of those groups that run specifically in one system and in one set yeah if you're not Um, into lovecraft don't go for call of cthulhu you know stuff like that right um and and then also i think on the facilitator end when you're setting up a game be be flexible Mm -hmm. flexibility in the rules and, and how the game plays. Um, because you're going to have novices and you're going to have experts, you're going to have rules lawyers, you're going to have, uh, all, all types of players. So a big part of it in, in that product is understanding, um, the core mechanics, but being flexible. If somebody says, Hey, can I do this? What is the the classic line? The, the GM always should say yes. (laughs) I, I mean, ultimately you really should. And, um, and then control the story in a way that lets the players do what they want because it's their experience. You're you're participating and your enjoyment of it's important as the GM, but ultimately the product and the rule system and and the experience is is what really makes a successful event.
1: Yeah, and I am just I'm thinking back to a story. I'm, I'm kind of looking at I don't know, I think you guys were all. We were all at the table right when we were playing Outbreak on Dead Deep Space with Christopher de la Rosa, the actual the yeah. author of who played it so low key, like did not toot his own horn like, "Hey, I'm the writer of the Gillies, like I think it was like you know half hour into the game, we like, we, like look at his, it out. we like look at his badge, like hold it, that's the same name that's on the name of the book, like what the <laughs> hell like I like that, and then, but again, I thought he did a really nice job because, again, we had that guy that wanted to argue rules with the author, right? Yeah, the guy that wrote the book. You want to <laughs> tell him
2: that that's not how it works. Oh, no,
1: I don't think and like and we're all like like every single one of them like at the table looked at each other like, "Really?" Like, really. <laughs> yeah. Um
2: so so definitely role-playing game events can be um boomer bust. I think some of my greatest con experiences have been role-playing games that mm-hmm. have gone really well. Some of my worst have been role-playing <laughs> games because yep. the it's an it's an unknown. Yep. You're sitting down, group dynamics, uh, social skills, story could be yep. crap. It could
1: be great. Hygiene, um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> hygiene, or lack <laughs> thereof. Yeah,
1: but uh, it, yeah, I think goes you talk about it is the biggest roll of the dice. I think with events, but you try and mitigate it with a lot of the factors. But like like we said, I think we like you said the best experiences we've had are usually RPGs. So you're kind of you're going I'm like. I'm gonna try three or four. I'm gonna put three or four bets high down. Risk, high reward. High man. reward because I'm. Gonna, if I hit that once, that's gonna be the story we tell for years, right? Re- About, really,
0: biggest roll of the dice. Biggest how roll da- of the d- dice. How dare you?
2: <laughs>
1: how dare you?
2: Um, and, and then Troy, this is really kind of your, uh, your area of expertise as far as facilitating mm-hmm. and running. But a miniature game and, and miniature gaming experiences at, at cons. You've been doing it the longest. You've been running it the longest. So I'll, I'll hand over the keys. Oh, no,
1: maybe a little bit. Um, if you call <laughs> space, I mean, I think what we do now, yeah, is very much a miniature game um, to do that. I think what we look for a miniature game, it's kind of the same things that you want to look for. I mean, usually it's what game system do you want to play are you familiar with? Um, a lot of these miniature games, are, they're usually very basic, though. Like, you don't have to have any knowledge. They're going to come. They're going to teach you. You're going to do that. Um, I think at the preparation one, what we do a lot when we, if I sign up for a miniature game, again, I'm going by the description. Does it look good? Same thing. There are certain groups. Um, the Can you remember who is the Indiana group? That we Able know? Company. Able Company. Yeah, Flames of War. We play a lot of they Flames awesome. of War. Awesome stuff. We play, again, so we'll look for certain groups that we know do really great events, and we'll know that, all right, this is going to be a fun event. We can sign up and do it. If it's somebody a little bit unknown, a lot of times what I'll look and see is if, are they running another event at the con at a different time slot, and I'll actually pre-scout. <laughs> nice. So there's been a lot of times where I'll have a ticket, and I'll kind of pre-scout, and we'll say, okay, is this? And we'll look and say, okay, oh, yeah, this is really some really cool terrain. This looks like these guys know what they're doing. I'm going to do it. There's been other times when I've gone, we've gone over, you kind of drive by an event, and you're like, oh, this might be a little bit of a con car shit show kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and then you're like, oh, I think I'll find something else to do with my time. So, again, that's, that is a, that's an approach we've taken is if it's a little bit of an unknown to kind of scout it out. Um and then rather than getting into something again, mentor game, you're you could be spent putting investing four to six hours or something in an event, which probably has a lot of mentor games tend to have a lot of downtime where I'm waiting for their turn and, and doing that. So if you're not if it's not engaging and you're not there, again, you have two feet, move, you know, find somewhere else to do or or just don't decide you're not gonna spend your time doing it. Um but again, groups like the Able Company, I like to think groups like, like what we do um, we try and have tons of preparation. Try and do teach as much as we can to be there. Try and be there and, and help people with questions. And and in the end, I know like what we try and do is again, it's all about creating that story, creating some kind of dynamic and challenging the the players and making sure that they're you know that they're participating and playing. Um, and then what we like to do again is some and a lot of miniature games end up too is you have that final objective that who's going to win? What's that last turn? create some excitement a lot of times with miniature game you may have three hours of not i say boredom but three hours of kind of the mechanicals work working through whatever to get to that last half hour of are we going to make the final push are the russians going to finally get over that line are the marines going to get to the generator to get it figured out i think those are the good ones um and some of the other ones are just like maybe oh we played the the regular miniature game you learn the rules, but you didn't maybe have a great story experience around it, and that's that's kind of I think what separates the the really fun, great miniature games from the just average ones.
2: Definitely, and, and you kind of you kind of hit this uh, out of the park with what you do with Space Hulk. Is that um, the GM interaction with the players? Uh, because your your players may have zero experience mm-hmm. in the uh, in the game system. And teaching them the rules and coaching the first turns, having enough um, GM presence where if you're running a big game with six, seven, eight players, um, one GM may not be enough in that setting. So like Space Hulk where you have two, three people kind of setting up, running, helping coach because your players are going to be a very varied group in experience and age at a convention and understanding that is is really really important um as you prepare the game and and get ready that it's not it's not expert level uh or being able to to anticipate what read the room you know read your players and, and adjust play a little harder if it's experience soften up a little bit um, I, I think when you talk about running the game, that is that is really important. You're you're aware of who your players are and what they know,
0: and having the the cheat sheets and game aids, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, giving them the tools to figure out the rules and figure out can I do this? Can I not do that? You know, maybe they still have to ask a question or two, but you know, if they read through it, I think you do a good job of of, of doing that. And a lot of games that. Um, you know have that preparation have have that that professionalism and product right uh, they they do that ahead of time you know they have that ready for the players to to know um, and can reference
1: yeah and, and again that, a lot of that is experience when i 've gone to different events and again sometimes you sit at the table and they kind of run you through the the rules but you're not but you're never really sure and so every time you turn you you're taking your turn you're not really taking your turn you're really just like okay what dice do i roll how do i do this and you just you kind of do that for the four hours and you don't really feel like okay i'm kind of played but really i just kind of rolled the dice when he told me to right to Mm do that and that's why we're trying like you said to try and create how do i give them enough tools so they can actually play and be you know like they're Performing the strategy to to get the guy from here to there, and yeah. So I, again, I think that's a little bit of difference of what what is that good to the great kind of miniature games, right? And some again, and also I can't like again some of these like Able companies, stuff like that. The amount of effort they put into the terrain mm-hmm. and the the setups on some of these have just been amazing. Like some of the ones we did at uh, I think it was Gen Con ones that right that we. Stalingrad, Stalingrad, and Stalingrad the train—the the train, the train yeah. one. The, what's the? Like, we should remember the bridge. It's a, uh, yeah, again? Rommegan. Am I close? Maybe. Yeah, something I like that. So. Um, but yeah, well, very historical World War II event, and they had recreated it to the T. It was really that was yeah. amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, and taking it in a different direction, we've seen, uh, you know, the X-wing game. <laughs> you know, the people that have the the Hoth no uh, oh, yep. set up. you know like we've seen that at a couple different conventions and uh, they do such a good job you know like just that expanse and all the terrain and stuff yeah I mean there's a lot of different gaming groups that have it just a really nice
2: setup or have a yep. lot of uh, a lot of that going on and it's, yep. it's pretty awesome yeah and that, that really combines that preparation with that that product um, you know space and time constraints are, are mm-hmm. important it's not too aggressive you're not doing a apocalypse style 40k game and trying to do it in two hours yep. um, you know and adapt the con the the other thing we didn't really talk about is the convention event versus the tournament um, facilitation because sometimes at these cons you'll have tournaments where it's explicitly you need experts and you yep. show up and you don't want to you nobody's gonna teach you the rules yep. so understanding what exactly the the structure of that event when you're looking at purchasing a ticket don't don't purchase a ticket for a tournament you know if, yep. if you haven't played the mm-hmm. game before right and what you need to bring to the table cuz some county events you have to provide your own miniatures yep. it's not always done for you so understanding when you're signing up for that event what is required and reading through that is is incredibly important to prevent showing up spending 15 bucks on an event and being like wait i had to bring my own Two hundred points yep. of X Men miniatures yeah. for this event, <laughs> um, so that yeah, that's, that's
1: definitely a big yeah. Big that's part. a that's a good point because a lot of stuff I'm talking about are kind of the I don't know what you'd call them the um, not really demo events, but just you narrative know, narrative game of. event kind of stuff. Where usually there are miniatures provided, little little to no expertise needed kind of stuff. Versus like again, Depticon, which is very heavily on the you know kind of everything's very competitive a lot of stuff is very competitive tournament based um whether it's even a small tournament or or large tournament or something like that where you're that's a whole different world right where you're bringing in the own your own army miniatures that you're that you put your time effort and 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 sweat and tears into right Mm -hmm.
2: and then really the the last category of game being the the boarding card game and i think this is where you get a lot of um, variety, a lot mm-hmm. of different formats. You know, there's the classic sit down and play a board game with four strangers for two hours. Um, years ago, I ran Zombie Side. You know, mm-hmm. the painted managers and uh, introductory designed uh, set, and um, then you have the the magic drafts and the you know the timed over several hours tournament style. So there's a lot of variety in this, and it's important to understand, mm-hmm. just like everything else what um what you're getting into yeah and it, it, sometimes uh you know
0: it's a, it's a brand new game it's a brand new gaming company yeah. and they're just trying to get some hype they're trying to get some people to play their game and and buy it and sometimes those can be really great experiences and sometimes it can be this game was crap you know like so <laughs> it, it, it a little bit of a mixed bag but you know sometimes trying out some of those new games is like oh hey that was really fun I'm gonna buy this now you know like um, I, I think it's a great way to kind of branch out and play some new stuff
1: so yeah I think it, there's a couple options here on on the, when you're playing the board game card game stuff it may be hey this is a game I really like but guess what I never get to out to I never get it out in my normal group right um, here's an opportunity where I know I'm gonna get some players I'm gonna get to play it. So it may be something I'm fairly experienced with, and a lot of times you'll get the same thing where you'll have more experienced players play with it. and uh, Or it can be the other side where this is a game I've really heard of, I really want to play it, but nobody in my local game group has it or wants to play it, I can go to a con and I can find a group that's going to play it with me, probably teach somebody will teach me the rules um, and to get that experience there. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities to do that. Um but again a lot of it is especially with a new game, right? You're a little bit of hair and mess, like if you're kinda stuck in it if you're but most of the time again, hopefully it's not six hours, hopefully it's two hours, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> to, or the, to do that. This so. was an
0: hour ticketed event or yeah. yeah, something like that where yeah, you're you're just playing a new game and you're trying it out and yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I mean there are a lot of times where some of there's some of the mini board game, card game kinda tournaments. Um where you know and some of that is again is it a game you really like that you want to spend spend the three hours or four hours to do that i mean i know like you know john did like ticket to ride and ticket to ride. and that, again it wasn't what's a ticket to ride tournament it's really oh, i'm going to play three games of ticket to ride in the next four hours you know and that then that's fun you know if i happen to do the best i get to win it but you know it's not really a hyper competitive tournament um i think we used to a couple years ago right resident evil we did yeah again it, Again, it was one of those where it was very beginner level tournament. It was just again, do you want to play three or four games of Resident Evil over the few hours at uh, at Gen Con? Um, I think I ended up doing pretty well. Actually, I ended up getting into the final on Sunday, and I, even then, I played for a couple, and then I dropped out right because um, I so I put as much effort as I wanted to do in it, got a mad or something fun like that, right? Right, yeah, you got out of it. But again, it was a game I was into at the time. I wanted it, and it was a chance to get to play a whole bunch of it. I mean, kind of like. I mean, I've never never got into the the magic side of the world like Mike or like Josh, some of you guys have, right? But then that, that the opportunity, too, where like, hey, I just want to play magic all weekend. All right, here we go.
0: <laughs> Right. And you can get into those little eight man tournaments pretty easy. You know, they're running one every half hour or whatever it is. Um, and you can get in and, and play quick, and you play two, three, four games, depending on how well you do. And, and you get you know, there's price support, you know. So like like you said, you you want a mat. Um, I I played in a Resident Evil tournament. And I I want a mat and a card or something. You know, like they have a whole bunch of these little ones like that. Um, magic drafts they often have. You know, you win X amount of packs. So you win third and you get two packs, or you win first and you get ten packs, or you know whatever it ends up being. Um, a lot of fun that way. I think John won a trophy for his ticket to ride yeah. <laughs> tournament. You know things like that. Um, a World of Warcraft t- uh, trading card game. Um, you know, back in the day, I think it's debunked now, but <laughs> um, I think I won uh, a starter pack or something. Yeah. You know, like uh, playing those uh, little mini tournaments are, are kind of fun because a lot of times they have prize support. Um, and you kind of walk away yeah, with, yeah. hey, I won that, or I hey, I got second, or whatever. So it's kind of fun that way. Um it, yeah, I mean kind of along those lines there's a lot of con only experiences. So like, you know, you, you wouldn't get those, you know, playing with our little group of of games. Um you know, the best way to play these types of
2: things are are at a convention. So um yeah, basically, you know, you you're not going to get a chance to play with um Ivan Van Norman, Ivan Van Norman or <laughs> Ed Greenwood or you know the dungeon bastard, Bill Tim Kevalier, Huckleberry, Tim Huckleberry. You're not gonna. They're they're not your home game. It's yep. it's not. You know, you guys have to deal with me as your GM pretty much <laughs> every role playing game we play. So it's it's a chance to interact with some of those um, those folks that you know. They're I call them celebrity GMs, but ultimately, um, you know, it, it's people you are not going to get a chance anywhere else except for that convention to play with. Um, and, and then that also, you know, we've talked about the gaming events and the preparation for that. But one other really cool experience that a convention allows for are the, the seminars and the, the panels. Um, and how important that is when you're looking through the, the schedule of events and purchasing tickets to have access to a Q and a with somebody like a Pat Rothfuss Mm -hmm. or like a Chris Perkins, Mike Merles, you know, um, Jeremy Crawford, the guys, the guys from wizards, the D and D team, you, you can't get that other places. And, um, the hobby seminars at Adepticon, the airbrushing yep. classes, and Duncan Rhodes from yeah. the Warhammer TV, you know, the the GW right. studio at Adepticon. You can't have that experience anywhere except for the convention. And that, you know, it would be a disservice not to mention that when you're talking about preparing for a con event.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, you, you kind of went through <clears> all the... And we called them celebrity GMs, right? Um, I think what's interesting is, right, we just name-dropped a whole bunch of people. We've actually... Like those are all real experiences that <laughs> yeah, this group has had, like, right? Yeah, and so it's not that far of a reach to be able to to play with these, what well, you're playing with one the designers or or writers or something for some of these bigger game companies. So, and again, it's one of those experiences that you're only going to get at a con, and then you're going to talk about it for the next years and years and years, like we have. So,
0: <laughs> and, yeah. and you do your best to try to sit there and not be like, oh, you know, <laughs> while you're there, you yep. know, you try to be a normal person, but
1: not not nerd out on them. Yeah, and uh so then kind of changing the other kind of again con only experiences are there certain games where just because of numbers or or the setup or things like that you can only really have this game at a convention or a space like that where you have there um, and something in the past that we've done is a lot of kind of the racing simulation games formula d um we over the years they have usually have like a really large scale one, and it's Formula Day is really fun to play. They're both the same game, I guess. Formula Day, and Formula D, which are one, uh, which version you want to play. Um, but when you can play with uh, like I don't know what the max is, like when you have a dozen people playing and dozen cars, and all like that. Like you're never gonna get mayhem. that in your home. Right. And it's yeah. just fun to play in that.
0: And they usually make a
1: giant map giant of it. Map, and, yeah, right. To know, get to those and things like that. And back in the day, I mean way back origins boy, this is way, way, way in the early two thousands. Um, there's a, a stock car racing card game and the guys would play with the actual like uh one forty eight scale. The die cast die cast yeah. cars. And we we had like a full forty some people we in a, this huge circle that we play and, and that was like the saturday night and uh and to play in that event was a bl- like that was like hey we're in this like we're all in this race and something like that and what's funny is i think john and ben and i have all all did really well in that type of i think we all placed in top three over the years and in, in that big events like that but that's the only again you can only do that in, in a, a scenario like that um and then the other things too like a lot of times you see some a lot of the party games too like um, you know Werewolf and I don't know somebody named some of the other ones like that 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 where you see a lot of, you know, and some of those are a lot of ad hoc, right? Gen Con, you can walk through the hall at any night and you'll see a million group playing that, or you stagger yeah, through vampire, it through the morning. vampire, yeah. The
2: the LARPs, you know, the mm-hmm. live action role playing is a big part. Yeah,
1: of I mean LARP is a totally yeah different, right? There are people that yeah. again a LARP to get a LARP that has 25, 30 people. I'm I not, that's not my scene, but I'm I'm always intrigued by the way people describe that and then the amount of effort again just like rpgs the amount of effort that some of those larp groups go to to set up the scenario to give you the background to get all the different players set up um i can understand people who really are wouldn't go to different conventions and really want, like this is the event i really want to play and we even saw that locally in some of the milwaukee conventions that were Mm -hmm. larping
0: or uh something near and dear to my heart you know true dungeon like yeah, there's there's only a couple conventions that have True Dungeon, and um, you know I try to take advantage of that when I can because definitely a fun game.
2: Yeah, that that con only, you know, right. it's um, you've got your binders full of tokens, but we're not going to walk through your basement, <laughs> sliding them <Right>. across uh, <laughs> a table to try to hit a fire lizard that is barring our way to the Drow Fortress or whatever
0: <laughs> or the uh uh, the battle tech or the battle mech or whatever those little pods, yep. you know, at, at Gen Con or other yeah. conventions, those are fun too.
2: <clears throat> so, so ultimately, you know, the upcoming conventions when you're when you're thinking about going, do it. it it's a great experience. Go for a day if there's one in your <laughs> local area, your town. Um, it, it's it's a fantastic experience. It's a great way to get into gaming and immerse yourself. Um, and uh, there's not much that's cooler than being surrounded by people that like what you like you know a lot of times it's you can't go to your workplace necessarily and talk to you know your team about gaming it's just it's a, it's a hobby it's a niche but you go to the convention and you're surrounded by people that you know are into the same stuff you're into um, and it, it creates a really cool culture and, and social dynamic with, with others
1: yeah, and I, it, it, I mean, it's, I mean, what is it, February right now? But, if it, you know, we're kind of rolling into convention season, right? Even though it feels like it's, you know, the real meat of it. Maybe no, it's summer. six weeks away. Right, well, we're going to hit Adepticon. I know, we're again, for us, Nexus is in May. You're going to have event registration for Gen Con coming up in, in May sometime very quickly. So, hopefully, some of the stuff we've chatted about here for the last, whatever, few minutes is useful. And yeah. something you can apply to any, whether it's your local smaller convention or some of the big guys origins Gen Con etc again that's some of the stuff that's worked for us over the years to find events that we found enjoyable and again have created those experiences and stories that we still talk about
2: definitely and, and we kind of already just by saying Adapticon six weeks away Nexus is in May um, you know kind of touched on our big big events and where we'll be um, Gen Con 50 I, yeah a little further out yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how the housing uh, hung, the housing hunger games go yeah, this, right. this upcoming
1: week. Yeah, we are uh, recording this prior to the uh, I like That's that. why I'm still upbeat and somewhat
2: <laughs> optimistic about about Gen Con. because uh, I haven't had the the teeth kicked yeah. out of my mouth by the housing block. Right. <laughs> um but what, what I, I think is really important too is um we obviously have some changes coming up to our show uh and and what we've done here over the last three plus years
1: that's crazy
2: over three years of games booze and the art of um 39 episodes plus who knows how yep. many hours <laughs> but it, it's it's been a, a an absolutely great experience I'm, I'm really excited though. we're not done we're we're keeping the mics on for uh for a, a new direction a new show um We'll get some more info out there about the feed, about the information. Um, I, can we? What? What can we talk about, Troy? You're kind of the the godfather. Um, Do we have an NDA?
1: We have an. I don't think we have an NDA. I think you can. I mean, we can announce it, right? So we're gonna we're gonna kind of put games, booze, and the art of kind of on the the back shelf. We may still revisit this format and whatever. Maybe bring it back for some special episodes. Um, but uh, Plan and slaying will be the kind of the new version of us with the the three of us. Um, so we'll look for uh, the big thing we need to ask for the listener is to look for the new feed. Please subscribe when we get that out in in March. Uh, that'll be we'll get the first episode out there and get things things rolling. But uh, I think we. Everything we've learned over the last three years about how the hell to do a podcast, and <laughs> and hopefully how to make it entertaining, we appreciate. I mean, the feedback we have gotten from the, the listeners we have, and um, and we hope that we can make it bigger, better. That uh, and it just gives us the opportunity to kind of rehash, refresh, and really, and and hopefully grow it even bigger. Because I think we're, we we enjoy this; it's a kind of a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if we can kind of share it with more and more people, that's that's the ultimate goal, right? And, yeah, we keep keep spreading spreading the love.
0: Yeah, we we kind of thought starting anew would would be uh, with without alienating all the listeners that we have now. So yeah, like like Troy said, please subscribe. Uh, once we have that feed out there, playing and slaying uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, look for it in March.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll be on Twitter. We'll be on Facebook. Um, as the de facto social media manager of the Basement <laughs> of Death, I I will. Uh, <laughs> Make sure that happens. But uh, the the main thing, too, is if you've ever downloaded or listened to the show, if this is your first episode or you've been there for all 39, thank you. We've absolutely loved um, what we've done. And uh, it is, you know, it's a, a passion project uh, and it's been a lot of fun. But thank you, the, the listener, you know, everybody we've ever name dropped and, and mentioned and talked about. Um, you guys definitely are, are why we do this. It's not to hear ourselves talk. So.
0: So with that, uh, you know, it's been, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Thanks everyone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was <laughs> Yeah, that's what
0: I'm saying. <laughs> what was the pterodactyl joke?
2: <laughs> I don't even remember. Anymore. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl peeing?
1: Yeah. There we go. I like that one.
2: Why? <laughs> because the pee is silent.
1: Ah. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs>